Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You know what I want? <laughs> I want to Hey, that's uh, that's pretty good. That's pretty fun. That's what we all come together to watch basketball for is scintillating performances from uh, the veterans, from the young guns, Scotty Barnes, perhaps most notably, and in a win, 123 to 121 in overtime, the Raptors outlast the New York Knicks in the garden. And they're able to actually uh, get a win here. The win streak is now at one. I don't know if one qualifies as a streak, but... Uh, We'll take it. There's not a lot of streaks going on this year. So, yeah, the Raptors, 123 to 121, a win in a a very exciting game. A lot of bad basketball in this one, a lot of good basketball in this one, and just enough chaos mixed in that uh, we ended up with the result that we did. 123 to 121. This is the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm your host, Samson Folk, and it is, of course, brought to you by Goldfinger Law. And, hey, shout out to Goldfinger Law. You know why? Because when you go with them, you only pay if you win. The, the, you know, there's obvious benefits to not paying if you don't win. If you lose, at least you don't have to pay. That's a nice thing. Uh, and if you win, hopefully uh, you accrue assets or, or money or something like that. Anyway, Goldfinger Law, if you want to contact them, do so at 416-730-1777. So Raptors win. Notable statistics. Scotty Barnes, 26 points, seven boards, four assists, more above the break initiation in this game. This is the, even during the Raptors stretch where we were seeing Scotty being used as kind of a, a dribble handoff hub and being used more in line with that Bam Adebayo Sabonis type usage. Some people would maybe compare it to Draymond Green or Ben Simmons, although they all have their differences. They all are unique within the role, as was Scotty. It wasn't really the case when they played the Knicks in early January, and it also isn't the case when they're playing the Knicks now in you know smack dab in the middle of January, and they win. So more above the break initiation for Scotty, bring the ball up the floor. Also some reactive play, um, post entries for his own offense, post entries for his own playmaking. One three that was made in the in the overtime frame. Scotty got doubled in the post. Pascal set a pin in screen for OG in the corner. And even though Scotty had no line of sight to pass the ball to OG, he picked them out, threw it over. Pascal with that great pin in screen, and OG hit the three. Uh, OG finishing with 10, five, three assists, and three steals in this game. Uh, a very ineffectual game offensively for OG. Even though he made that late shot, that was nice to see. It was just very ho hum for him. But Scotty, I thought he was awesome. There were mistakes. It was a grimy game. Like it's just the way the Knicks play. They do like to pressure your guards into shot making. This is the same thing that happened when Pascal succeeded against the Knicks. He really was, it was pick and roll. It was isolation. It was a lot of guard adjacent play when he scored 52. The last time they played the Knicks, they did really rely on 
on Fred going back the other way because they need that pick and roll initiation because the Knicks have a lot of size uh, to pinch in on drives and at the basket. Uh, whether it's, you know, R.J. Barrett at the two, whether it's Randall at the four, Mitchell Robinson at the five. Uh, they, they also start uh, Quinton Grimes, I guess, uh, at, at point guard now, technically. But if you're if you're trying to get down to the lane, they have a lot of size to throw at you. And so that means that the jump shot becomes very important, which meant that it was really impressive, A, that, you know, Scotty was able to have the game that he did today. He had opportunities to post up and bully drive against smaller guys because of his sheer size. He moved well off the ball. But this also meant that, you know, the stage was set for Mr. Fred Van Vliet to have the game that he did today. I know Fred has had... A lot of people talk about his game and a lot of people have been upset with his performances this season, but 33 points on 23 shots. He also had eight assists in this game. The one turnover, I thought in what was really a tough start to the game, I think he started out three of 10 from the field. He helped close this game out and not only close it out, but also he helped get the Raptors back into it, especially late. The Raptors, they win the fourth quarter, 29 to 23. And they, you know, obviously you win overtime by two if you win by two. And I thought that Fred, not only as a table setter, but as a guy kind of getting out in front of Brunson, slowing down the Knicks offense and making sure that they had to go to their secondary actions. He found his groove despite missing both the shot making and the defense a little bit early on. That was really nice to see Um, Fred. Just an awesome game. The shot making as a jump shooter, really good. And not only that, but uh, throughout the game, getting downhill and providing at least a little bit of that um, that rim pressure, uh, dump-off passes, a few layups, a few free throws, stuff like that. So Fred Van Vliet, well done, man. Eight, eight free throw attempts is, is a really good number for Fred. It's not elite by anybody's metric, but for Fred to have eight, and also what he shoot, five of 13 from three, that's 38%, almost 39% on big, big volume. That's what the Raptors need if they're going to survive offensively in these games. They barely made it in this one, and and that was massive. Uh, Gary Trent Jr. also like a very low-key game, being used as a spacer every once in a while, putting guys in jail. Um, and what that means is like putting the guy on your back and and keeping him there kind of with like that little tap-ahead dribble and, and getting to his floaters, getting downhill just a little bit, but mostly as a shooter in this game. That was nice to see. Pascal, I thought in the first, you know, the first quarter, you know, bleeding into the second quarter, was really, really strong. Uh, we talked about how you need the jump shot to kind of get around the Knicks because they pack the paint, they rotate in there a lot, and, and Pascal, the jump shot, that counter was available early on, but that that disappeared throughout the game. He also received quite a bit of attention, putting the ball down, and he made a lot of great passes to find guys. The nine assists is a reflection of that. And the Raptors, they found just enough. I, I also thought like Boucher and uh, Achua, who are always going to factor in off the bench, I think, going forward, and have been, you know, over the past year and a half of basketball that the Raptors have played a massive part uh, of the rotation whatsoever. Well, no, just no matter what happens, right? And uh, I thought, what do they call them? I like to call them the Bash Bros, uh, Shawn Michaels and Triple G, right? That's the that's the nickname they gave themselves. That's fun. But they were, they were really good in this game. Uh, Boucher providing like a ton of hustle, precious, you know, there, there were some plays made, some shot making from him, yes, and nothing nothing outstanding, nothing like crazy off the dribble, just kind of hunting for rebounds inside or dump-offs and, and being present. That's awesome. That's something you really like. But eight points and eight boards in 20 minutes, his defense I thought was tremendous. There's a reason that they went 
to him as the closer when Pascal got fouled out. Part of that is that the benefit of having Fred on in this game, having Scotty on in this game is that, you know, Pascal, even before that had, you know, transitioned into, you know, oscillating between the primary and the secondary. Typically, he's just always primary, right? And with Scotty and Fred having such good games in this one, they're able to move Pascal a little bit more off ball. You don't lose as much offensively by having him foul out. That that seems that seems clear to me. And and it was uh it was Precious who came in and provided like a significant level of defense. That was awesome to see. We also got like <laughs> very uh you know, Trey Young, he came into the garden, they played him in a, a playoff series, and Trey was really great, and they came in as the lower seed and they beat the Knicks and Trey, he really established that that villain uh I guess reputation for himself and Scotty sitting at the free throw line late in this game I think he ended up with 13 free throws in this one yeah nine of 13 from the line not the best percentage but you love that he's getting to the free throw line really aggressive going downhill very aggressive against those mismatches and finding his way to the line late he goes three for four which that's that's fine enough. Obviously, you want to go for four for four. The Raptors wouldn't have been in the position they were in in overtime if he did go four for four. But I tell you this much. The first time he walked to the line, hitting both and then, you know, gesturing to the crowd like, come on, where's the where's the applause? Where's the noise? What do you guys have for me? Was pretty great. And then what happened was he went to the line and he split and he missed the second one. And RJ Barrett grabs the rebound. RJ starts running up the court and it becomes pretty clear that Scotty is the guy picking up RJ. Everyone else is getting back and maybe the help principles weren't quite correct as far as helping Scotty, but Scotty did such a poor job of stopping RJ from getting to the rim. Like RJ sure it's in his right hand and you're like, okay, he won't go left. I have no idea why Scotty was acting as if RJ would not go left. It took like there was no ground covered on this crossover. Basically, RJ shifted his weight somewhat. The ball switched hands and Scotty was standing straight up. Basically, he almost fell over um, when RJ threw that cross at him. And RJ got to his left hand from about 23 feet out, stayed on that left hand as Scotty attempted to catch up the whole way back and punched it with 0.6 seconds left and tied the game up at 110. <sighs> And and again, right, you, you could argue that the, the help principles weren't exactly perfect, but this is why, you know, if Pascal, who is next up, if he presses up with um, if he presses up with Scotty, then you're looking at like a really easy dump pass to I believe it was either I believe it was Randall who would have been able to get to the rim like you don't want to help from the one pass over and maybe the Raptors didn't want the three. But my goodness, they just gave up a lane right to the rim for a dunk. The good thing is that in overtime, I thought that the defense was really gritty. I thought that they did a great job of denying the first actions, making the Knicks go deep into the clock and making them really fight for all of those tougher shots that they sometimes can make, especially when you're talking about Julius Randle and Jalen Brunson. They're great grinders, but the Raptors forcing them a late clock, getting themselves into a position where they can rebound, they can, they can sell out to get the board, and then they can settle into a half-court offense where... Fred and Scotty are able to lift them into situations where they can win. Early on in overtime, Pascal was also a big part of their offense, but late in overtime, they found just enough with the guys on the floor, and that was awesome to see. 
but this game it, it was nuts there was so much going on and there was <laughs> it's uh there was a lot of mistakes like that that post entry pass or even like just i don't it's not even post just an entry pass to i guess you know above the break to scotty the raptors are you know the raptors had this uh this it's called horns um horns chin punch and that's the play call and that's the the dunk that pascal got in overtime and that's you know it's just a horn set you run you know a chin screen it's like princeton right princeton chin and then pascal comes off of it with freddie back screening and it's an entry pass from scotty for a dunk they tried to run that same thing with og initiating it and then giving the ball to scotty so they could initiate that action just with og as the guy coming off that chin and he threw this like this little bounce pass that Randall jumped easily and maybe and on these it's always tough to say like is it the fault of the guy who's passing it is it the fault of the guy on the end of the reception where he's not sealing properly and and in this one I think you just have to say that um OG did not put Scotty in a position to succeed Randall gets the ball comes down gets an end one it's just sloppy basketball insane decision making on both sides of the court like the Knicks they missed free throws down the stretch they might have won this game in regulation had they handled their their business at the line a little bit better had they been a little bit better with the basketball but the Raptors their rotation they played big as they did earlier in the game uh that was really awesome when they I know everybody was making a big deal out of the the zone defense that the Raptors played with Coloco and Precious and Boucher. They did the same thing, but you take out uh, Coloco and you put Pascal in and then you move Precious over to the middle of the floor if they're running that 2-3, right? So that was cool. And the Raptors, they had a, a decent sense of unity defensively in this game. I thought that it helped that the Knicks wanted to keep the ball in some guy's hands the ball does stick with the knicks a little bit more than it does with other teams that means that the raptors are in a unique position because of their proclivity for defense that matchup to do better and in this game they did do better and in this game they found enough offensively like og finishing with 10 points but having six of them in overtime both from the three-point line that's a big deal i mean he was 0-5 from downtown prior to that and he, he finishes a what three for 10 from the field it's it's not good but it was good enough late they had to hit those shots they needed those shots and uh they obviously came up very big anyway the game just insanity i thought it was a, a tremendous watch really fun um yeah reggie evans award I'm giving it to Pascal Siakam. A lot of hustle in this game. Didn't have the typical finesse offensively that I think we've come to expect. It, it was there, but it was touch and go. And, uh, you know, he had that late foul on Barrett, yes. But I thought the the compete level against guys like Robinson and Randall all game, he played 46 in this one. Even though he fouled out, he still spent the most time on the floor, I believe, of anyone on both teams. Or sorry, RJ Barrett played 49 minutes. Sheesh. Um, so the most of the Raptors and, uh, it's not easy to bang around with dudes that size. Randall is one of the most physical. I really like Randall's game. I think it's tough for Randall to slot in next to really great players and be harmonious with them, uh, to, to be a plug and play guy. Uh, that's tough. He doesn't have the, I guess the skill set exactly for it. He doesn't have the want to apply himself that way as we've seen, but when he's a guy who gets a lot of the ball, He's going to punish you. He's going to hunt for his shots physically. He's going to hunt his own misses physically. And he's going to bash around when he's off ball. And, uh, you know, the Raptors taking that on with a mix of Pascal, OG, Scotty, et cetera, you know, Precious, Boucher. 
uh, I thought that was that was really well done. But uh, most of all, impressed with Pascal's uh, hustle uh, across the whole game. Top Cooker Action comment from Suspicious Mind, quote, holy mother of F. What a game. If there ever was a season altering game, this was it. My belief is on life support, but I still believe, end quote. Hmm. Does this game make me think differently about this team? It doesn't. Now, I'm glad it does for you because optimism, hope, belief are all fantastic things. And that game was really exciting. But the Raptors, they've been, you know, they've had a few games that would be considered like staple games. They help swing it. They help do this kind of stuff. I mean, Pascal was here at the Garden three weeks ago, a month ago, like uh, 25 days ago. And he dropped 52. That didn't turn it around for him. The Raptors have had. That's like, that's the thing is the Raptors, they beat the Cavs three times this season, right? They, they've given the Nets a run for their money despite being 0-3. They beat the Mavericks. They've, they've beat good teams this year. They're just inconsistent. And inconsistency is not typically um, a tenet of good teams in the NBA. You can question, I guess, the, uh, the ceiling of some teams who are consistent, like the Phoenix Suns. Some people thought you know, for a few years that the Phoenix Suns are really good. They're going to win a lot of games. They're definitely good. Can they win the finals? Most people thought no. And uh, for a lot of other teams, that is the case. For the Bucs, some people thought that was the case. But all these teams are good. They win the games they're supposed to most of the time. They beat other good teams a lot of the time. And when it comes to the Raptors, they're just not, they're not providing enough. They have to do this stuff. Like the win streak is at one, right? The win streak should be at four right now, should be at five. Like, th if this team wants to convince people, then it has to be able to do that. The only time they put together a win streak longer than two was when it involved the Charlotte Hornets back-to-back, -back, right? And not back-to-back -back on the same day, but, you know, across three days. They they have to prove it more, more than anything. Anyway, thanks for writing in, Suspicious Mind. Thanks for listening in, listener. If you're on YouTube, like the video, subscribe. Go to raptorsrepublic.com and subscribe. And uh, podcast listeners, thanks for letting me chop it up with you. Thanks for tuning in. I'm going to go play basketball myself with my friends. I'm going to enjoy that. And then we'll be back here tomorrow. So thanks for tuning in, whether you got into this in the morning or at night. Have a blessed day and goodbye.